podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hey, this is Timmy. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. Daniel and I recorded today before the news broke that 49ers starting right tackle Mike McGlinchey had torn his quad and is going to be out for the rest of the season. So that I would just hop in here and give some quick quick reactions and quick thoughts on that. If you've uh, been listening to the pod all year, you probably know that I have not been the highest of McGlinchey's performance this season. I think it's been a bit of a disappointment, but in and all that, he is by far better than whoever the 49ers have behind him, and it is a serious loss on the 49ers offensive line. It's sounding like rookie Jalen Moore, who had been backing up Trent Williams at left tackle, is probably going to be in line to uh, come in and take over those snaps from McGlinchey. And I'm pretty excited to see that. I think he actually performed not as poorly as you'd expect for somebody coming off the bench for his first start as a rookie a few weeks ago for Williams. So I'm excited to to see what we've got in him. But yeah, big, big loss for McGlinchey being out being out for the year. And obviously, like football considerations aside, uh, he's a person who's going through something right now. So that's a bummer. So uh, prayers up for McGlinchey and some quick healing. And yeah, that's going to have some pretty serious effects on the 49ers for the rest of the season. So wanted to make sure to get in a few seconds on that. Uh, thanks for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning? I have no idea how to even answer this question right now. Um, that, was, that was a tough game to watch. Um, I do think there was some, some good stuff from it, but all in all, man, I, I feel numb this morning after that game and that, that's not how I want to yeah. feel today. It's the it's the hope that kills you, man. I came in. I mean, we talked about this. I I thought we were gonna win coming out of last week's pod. I thought I see Kyler Murray's out. I see DeAndre Hopkins out, and I'm like, cool, like we got this. Like I know Colt McCoy's good for like one ridiculous game a season. The problem was is that like this wasn't even like a ridiculous Colt McCoy game. They were just straight Mm-mm. better than us, and that that was tough to swallow. Just being like, oh, like we're just not as good as this team. Like we're just not. That was hard to see. Well, the fact that the, the Cardinals beat us without Kyler Murray and without DeAndre Hopkins, sure, without A.J. Green, and essentially without Chase Edmonds as well because he got hurt so early in the game and did not return. Yeah. The fact that they beat us without all of those guys shows that the Cardinals are a solid team. Granted, we sucked, but that still goes to show that the Cardinals are a fantastic team. They have a lot of depth. That defense is pretty dang good and doesn't get enough credit yeah. because they were still able to get it done with a very limited offense. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll say that their defense doesn't get enough credit. I don't think I hear a whole lot about them, even though Buda Baker is one of the best safeties in the league. Chandler Jones arguably is the best rusher or one of top yeah. three to five in the league right now. And I mean, that's not even mentioning guys like Jordan Hicks, Isaiah Simmons, um, and Byron Murphy and 
the list can go on. So. Yeah, I mean, they're the one seed in the NFC for a reason. And I don't know, I'd watched some Cardinals games, and I don't know if I'd seen that reason yet until until yesterday when I was like, oh, like this is what good NFL teams beat bad NFL teams like this. And I think it's time to accept that we're a bad NFL team, but the Cardinals are a good one. And that was cool to see. Yeah, and I will say, you know, watching the press conferences after the game, listening to Kyle and some of the boys, um, I always watch George. Uh, I love what he has to say, so I'm excited that he's back doing that. Um, yeah. There's a common phrase with disappointment on our play, and I think that's a good focus um, because I don't think anyone wants to or it's, it's not valid to me to sit around and go, yeah, the Cardinals are just better than us. Yeah. No, I mean, yes, they were. But that is not – I think that's more of an excuse this week, if anything. Um, yeah. We did not do our part. Um, George Kittle and Nick Bosa both said, yeah, we uh, – as a team, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that honesty. Um, but what, what a bummer that is to, to have to be saying that week after week. So I was, I was watching this, you know, obviously the start to the game. My boy Talano Hufunga is getting another start. George Kittle is back. Robbie Gold is back. Jeff Wilson is active, potentially ready to play. I'm hyped. Sure, Kyler and DeAndre are out. I'm also hyped because of that. But I tried to stay out of the mindset of, okay, this one's in the bag because they're both out. And I, yeah. I fully believe that our players were not thinking that. They know that these are professional football players. They have to go win it no matter what. But it it went for a quick turn. Um, yeah. Let me just get you started with some of the news and, and we'll we'll start talking about what we saw yesterday. So um, we made a trade at the deadline. We traded for Charles Omenihue, a defensive end from the Texan from Texans, Texas Tech, Houston Texans. Wow. We gave a 2023 20, six round pick for Charles. Um, and he was out this Sunday, so we have not seen him yet. Was that was that due to injury or anything, or is it just like he was had just gotten to the team, that kind of thing? Or was there an injury I did, that held him out? I did not see anything on ESPN that just said out and it would not give any context. Okay, um, cool. I'm assuming it was not because of injury. It was because he just got here um, and yeah, needed a little bit of time. So I sure hope so. Yeah. Um, we waived Joey Sly. He is gone because Robbie Gold is back. Yeah. Um, we talked last week. <laughs> uh, we talked last week already. Uh, Jaquaski Tart, IR. D Ford is now added to the IR. Jimmy Ward was out this Sunday, but is looking like he'll avoid injured reserve. I talked last week about Debo Samuel's calf was being bothersome for him. Um, and it got worse as the week went on oh. and he still played. We did not see as much activity from him as we're used to seeing from these crazy games. He still got nine targets. So the ball was being thrown to him but he was only able to turn that into five receptions for 63 yards. So yeah. a little quiet every day than we're used to seeing for him. Um, Elijah Mitchell was battling a rib injury and he was all good to go. He only had eight rushing attempts. So it makes you wonder if he was truly good to go. Um, but Kyle said he was, you know, Jeff Wilson was active because they were skeptical if Elijah was able to handle the whole day. And he, he looked was, but- awesome though. Elijah Mitchell looked so good out there. He had some good runs. I don't know. I, that's what I, I don't get. Um, we'll get into it in a second, but I do not understand why that – sorry, my mic cut out for a second. I don't know if you can still hear me. No, you're good. 
Um, I did not understand why he only had eight attempts because he was looking good and because, you know, I mean, he has been productive every single time we've given him the ball. So I don't get that one. Um, I wish Kyle would have, would have talked about that more. He just said, you know, we didn't run the ball that much. And my question is why? Um, yeah, that is what I have for some, some news and injuries for you. We already talked about some of the other inactives that are uh, on the Cardinals, Kyler Hopkins and AJ Green. The Niners inactives are Trey Sermon, Travis Bench, and Trey Sermon was a coach's decision, I will add. Yeah. Travis Benjamin, Jimmy Ward, Diamador Lenore, Aaron Banks, Maurice Hurst, and Charles Amenehu. Yeah. We did not see Trey Lance. And in Kyle Shanahan's press conference, someone asked, like, hey, at the end of the game, like those last that last drive, those last three plays, like, were you thinking about putting Trey in? And Kyle said, maybe with some attitude. No, no, I was not. What? Like, Kyle Shanahan it. with attitude towards the media? He's never done that. For real. If I was a media member, I think I'd start. I think I'd be getting to a point of like being a little annoyed with Shani. And I, I, we are media members, obviously. But like if we were attending those press conferences, I feel like he could be a bit obnoxious. Yeah. So, you know, no Trey Watch. I don't really feel like we even need to discuss why he got in. I mean. Kyle didn't want him in. That's yeah. That's good enough, right? Um, Did you see? I do have. I do have some fun Trey news. I saw. I saw this weekend that made me feel feel good. Yeah. Trey it. tweet or uh, so Dane Brugler of the Athletic. He's there. He's their draft guy. You subscribe to the Athletic in like the spring when you're ready to. If you're doing any draft analysis, you want to download the Beast by Dane Brugler. He puts it out every year, and it's a PDF document probably over 500 pages and he analyzes probably the top 300 prospects for the NFL draft. It's crazy. And each one, he's got like a page at least right up on these guys. He ranks them. Anyway, he's a, he's one of the best draft guys out there. And somebody asked him, he was tweeting about the 2022 quarterback class coming out of college. Somebody said like, Hey, Trey Lance had stayed one more year. Like, what are we looking at? He said, Trey Lance would be the number one pick in this draft. Easy no questions asked if he had stayed one more year. So that was just reassuring of like, okay, like Trey is raw. He probably came out a little earlier than he would have because of COVID, but like people out there are like, no, like this dude is an elite, elite talent. And so that was just maybe excited to be like, maybe next year, like with more coaching, like more time to develop, like, like he's got all the intangibles. Like he, he was ready. Like, and so that, or he wasn't ready. He's clearly not ready, but he had a lot of what you could ask for as a prospect. So that, that made me excited. Yeah. I'm not surprised hearing that he'd be going over uh, number one overall in this draft. Yeah, or Especially, he at least said he'd be the top QB, which implies number one overall. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm trying to be a, a more of a college football guy. It's, it's taken a few years to truly get there, but um, yeah. I will always watch the watch, read the the mock drafts when they come out, whether it's, ESPN, Bleach Report, anytime a mock draft comes out, I love reading it just to see the difference in them. And, and you know, I, I wish they came out with like uh, two round mock drafts earlier so that I could keep up with more names and more of the, the draft order. Yeah. Uh, do you ever do your own mocks? We can do it. We'll do some 49ers unrestricted mock drafts in the off season. I would say I do like a day or two before. Um, so like once it's once the buzz is truly happening and there is already talk, um, I don't watch enough to know each each and every player who should be there i like yeah. to do my own mock of what i think each nfl team needs like what pick they need yeah or what sorry what position they need but that does it gets tricky when i don't necessarily know the top guys at each position 
Um, because like, you know, if, if the Niners need secondary, which they do, but there's not like a lot of guys available at their pick, which yeah. is in the second round, um, then I might not be aware of that. But let me tell you, if you, if you want to get 49ers fans riled up, write a mock draft. I've published a couple mock drafts out there and you guys are just always after me in the comments section. It's a good time. But yeah, mock it's drafts get time. the people heated. Let's go into our new segment, Ayuk Watch. Um, he's been working a lot the last couple of weeks. Um, last week, this week, he's shown up in big games. He looks great. Big in games, yeah. Making some big plays when needed. His stat line, he had eight targets. So uh, Debo led the team with nine targets. Kittle and Ayuk were next with eight targets. And yeah. Ayuk had six receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. Um, he continues to like this continues to make me think i think i said this last week like oh i think there was something off like shanahan was right about something like he had not looked as good as he has these past two weeks yeah and you know i i think obviously like kittle and Ayuk are to blame a little bit for their fumbles but i just want to note something for listeners who who maybe didn't see it didn't understand it but we had two early fumbles but both of these are on what we call punch outs. And it is a literal punch out where if you watch the play with George Kittle, it showed it so clearly George Kittle was jumping uh, kind of between two guys and, and Byron Murphy comes from behind and he has a fist made. He is fully swinging. Like he's trying to knock someone out. He's trying to knock the ball out. And when you punch and connect with that ball, it is especially from the side it is so tough. Yeah, to hold it was a, it's a great defensive play. I still I still think you gotta hand on, hold on to the ball, but I'd rather have the ball punched out than have somebody just drop it. Yeah, and and you watch, um, you listen to George Kittle's press conference, and he said, you know, I'm going to be carrying a ball with me at all times now. Um, that was his first career fumble. So George Kittle does not fumble the ball. He holds on to that thing. Um, and yesterday it was just it was just tough to see the, those two early turnovers. Um, but Ayuk's is the same thing. I don't want to take away from the incredible catch that he made before his fumble. I will Jimmy say Garoppolo, this was that was another classic. Like Jimmy puts the ball up way too high and puts his receiver into harm's way, and the receiver catches the ball. Exactly what I was going to say. No, every I don't week after week Jimmy throws that ball way too high. There was Muhammad another, Sanu. like there was another, yeah, Muhammad Sanu. That was the classic Jimmy Garoppolo receiver hyperextends their knee injury. I feel like we get one a season. George Kittle had one. Like it's, it's unacceptable to put your guys into, into, into harm's way like that. Like, and I thought Ayuk, Jimmy was fine this game, but that, 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 those passes make me mad. Absolutely. Ayuk got up for that ball. I was blown away by how high he got for that. He was able to come down. He made the catch. He was on the ground. He had the awareness to go, okay. No one touched me. No one's right immediately here. I'm going to get up and try to gain some yards because we need it. Great awareness. I love it when that happens. I always want guys to make those plays, but couldn't he have just stayed down that time? If there was someone like two feet closer, I bet he would have, but he had some room. I watched that play in slow-mo a bunch of times trying yeah. to truly understand it. And I think it was the right call. It's not like for him. It's not what we like because of the outcome, but if he were to get a couple extra yards be cut and still hold on to it because of his awareness, we would have been stoked. Yeah. So, Oh, I'm, I'm sure it was the right call, but it's just like in, you know, hindsight is 2020s. It's like, Oh, he'd stay down. No fumble. 
One of the biggest struggles for the Niners has been converting on third downs. We've said this week in, week out. I'm tired of saying it, but we have to say it every single week if it's not being improved, and it's still one of the biggest thorns on our sides. And the Cardinals are the best third down defense in the league currently. So um, the announcer said that early in the game, and I'm just like, dang it, man. Like, that is not what I want to hear at the start of this game. We have been struggling so hard in third down whether it's play call, whether it's executing. And I don't think it's play call as much for third down. I don't. I think I've seen all kinds of plays on third down trying to convert, and we can't do it. So I think there's a lot of things to put blame on Kyle. I do not think – I think third down conversion is, like, one of the main things to not. Yeah. I think, doesn't, to me, at a certain point, it doesn't matter. Just get the first down. Do whatever you at, need. Uh, at some point, though, the buck stops here, and it, and it stops at the head coach. And I don't think – like I don't think Shanahan's on the hot seat in 2020 – in 2021. Like, I don't. Like, he's done too much for the team. They've extended him, all of that. But it, at some point, you have to say, hey, things are going wrong. Like, and, and you are the guy. Like, so I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we'll be there this season. But I do think we have to – like, at, at some point, it is his fault, you know? Sure. I will say, part of me wonders, so we talk about this hot seat every year as teams, you know, bad teams, if they're expected, like Dan Campbell on the Lions, this is his first year. Did they win a game yet or are they still winless? They, they're winless. It's the, it's the expectations. Yeah, it's totally it's how the you against expectations. The Lions were expected to suck. So Dan Campbell is not on the hot seat at all. They know this team is garbage right now and it's going to take a minute. That's why they brought Dan Campbell in. They want him to be the guy to help bring them out. And they do not expect it to be a one-year fix. Yeah. So which which the 49ers, I believe, I'm sure they came in with Shanahan doing that. The problem is, is that it seemed fixed. So it's tough to go from like it, it's fine being like, hey, you're coming in. We're not very good. Like we're gonna need you to help fix us. It's tough when you go from fixed to not fixed. And that's what's happened to us. We were fixed in 2019. And then 2020, you can be like, okay, we had a ridiculous onslaught of injuries. But then they say, everyone says coming tw- into 2021, like this is 2019 again. Like that was a temporary thing. Like 2019 is the team we are. And now it's looking like, oh, like we're not that team. Like it seems like that might've been more of an aberration than 2020 was. It seems like we have the same amount of injuries as 2020 as last year. Um, it sure does to me with how many of these stars have been out. I mean, Debo has been battling stuff. That's but true. I guess been out. a lot of these guys injuries. have been out. Yes. Not as many season end- ending injuries. I mean, yes to Raheem Mostert and Jason Barrett, but yeah, we've st- we're still losing guys constantly. Uh, Javon Kinlaw out, D Ford out. Like we're still losing That's true. our big names on oh, both, yeah, we should, both we sides should of the ball. We should chat about Kinlaw for a second. Um, but w- I wanted to say something about the, the hot seat is yeah. – I think a lot of that, I was going to say, I felt like a lot of that is driven by the media and is, you know, it's literally like if the fans overthrow the, or if the fans overthrow the head coach, if they overthrow the King, then he's out. But then I thought about Matt Nagy in Chicago and I'm like, everyone hates him and has for years. So I guess not everyone can be overthrown, but I think, but you know, who has more Niners, wins than Kyle Shanahan as a head coach. I don't want to hear this. Matt Nagy. Well, there's always up. Um, but my, my worry is, you know, because the Niners are supposed to be so good and they're struggling so bad, um, the expectations not being met whatsoever. If, if that gap between how they're actually performing and expectations is actually going to drive Kyle out. And as much as I think Kyle is ultimately responsible for the way we're playing right now, I do not 
want to see Kyle gone at all. Yeah. I think that Kyle needs to start changing something, changing some things and getting more creative. I think what you said, I believe last week about him being a much better play designer than a play caller. That's fine. Adjust, you know, it takes time. I get it. I do not think getting rid of one of the best offensive minds in the, uh, the history of the NFL is the right move, but sure. We don't want to give him the time to adjust, but all that goes to say, I, I do personally, I am a little worried of, of his security by the end of the year. I would not be, if, if this continues the rest of the year, I would not be surprised if Kyle was not the coach next year, but that is by no means what I want. I, I, I would be, be surprised if he's not the coach next year. I think he's got a pretty good relationship with Jed York. I don't think Jed wants to go through what happened with Harbaugh again. Like, I, I think that's going to stay. What, what, I, what I think should be on the hot seat, and I think a good question to ask yourself about Kyle Shanahan is, or about really any head coaches, if we fired this guy, would he be a head coach in the NFL the next season? And the answer for Kyle Shanahan is a resounding yes. Like if Kyle Shanahan were fired as the 49ers head coach, he'd be hired as another team's head coach in a week. And that I think to me makes me think, okay, like then we should keep him. What I, and I think I've said this before, what I think should be on the hot seat is Kyle Shanahan's say in personnel decisions. I think that should be severely tapered back the control he has in personnel and input in personnel decisions. And yes, that would probably make him mad, but he's been bad at it. And I I think that really needs to be reevaluated. Yeah. I'm already so focused on the NFL draft when it feels like moons away. Um, But, but I'm, I'm very curious about how the Niners are going to attack this off season. Um, We just had a week nine and I'm already thinking about the off season and that just kind of shows you where we're at. Like I am, I am very curious to see if we make any trades, if we make any signings uh, of of any, you know, decently big names to help in the secondary. Um, If we, where we spend our first, draft pick in the second round um you know i i hope trades yeah and if if we have jimmy and trey on the roster next year so we can't right jimmy's got to be gone next year i just can't imagine we're doing this too i mean it's it's a hard thing to navigate a team through having the rookie quarterback and the veteran quarterback it it rarely goes well alex smith and patrick mahomes is the exception not the rule and so i mean it's not going well. I can't imagine they're doing it again next year. Like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love are doing that, but Jordan Love was not a top three pick, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not the reigning MVP. Like, it's I can't imagine that they keep Trey behind Jimmy for more than one year. I really, really can't. Yeah. Switching gears just a little bit. Actually, a lot of it. Um, one of our biggest struggles, I believe, yesterday was tackling. And Kyle talked about this in the press conference as well, but this is, this is something I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around. Okay. Help me out here with what you think on this to me. There were a ton of group tackles. So there's a lot of guys who had uh, like total tackles, like Fred Warner had 14 total tackles, but six solo tackles. Mm-hmm. So he was involved in 14 tackles, which is quite a lot, but he only had six solo tackles. And Armstead had 10 total, two solo. Okay. So no. does that mean like, I think the amount of group tackles like is great in one sense because guys are coming in to help to make tackles, but it also means that guys aren't able to wrap someone up and bring them down on their own. And I think part of why James Conner was able to have a field day and have one of the best games of his career 
against a supposedly pretty good run defense was because our tackling was a struggle. Um, I don't really have a ton of stats to truly back it up, but I feel like Fred Warner has not been playing like Fred Warner the last few weeks. Um, I feel like a lot of the guys actually, I don't know if I want to go as far to go as far to say as they gave up on the play, but just did not follow Connor or whoever downfield, except, and this is not me trying to be biased, but Talano Hufunga was the guy that I saw time after time. Yeah, he lit up a couple times. Involved, yeah, maybe not being involved in every tackle, but he was sure not giving up, and he was running across the field trying to be involved. No, I I saw saw that too. Like I'm out. I think I think something you say like all the group tackles, and there's two ways to interpret that, right? There's oh, wow, like our guys were really rallying to the ball to the point of contact and helping each other out, right? Like, that's great. You want multiple guys in the guy. Or the other way to think about that is, wow, we're not very good at tackling, and it takes multiple guys to bring someone down. Unfortunately, that, that is how I view it. Yeah, yesterday was definitely we were not tackling very well. That's, that's what yesterday was. It, was. it was just hard to watch, man. Um, our rush defense, I wrote, I was taking notes during the game, and I was like, yeah, rush defense is not there in the first quarter, and it never showed up. Um, no. James Conner had a day, man. James Conner is not that good. That is not a game James Conner is going to be having again this season. No. Um, he had his longest pass. He, has, he had his longest reception of, like, 45 yards of his career. Um, he, I will say he carried the team yesterday. He did amazing. He put the team on his back offensively and carried the ball. He still had some help doing it. Um, Colt McCoy looked good out there um, in his limited time. Like statistically, he didn't blow up the game, but you know, we had, we had some good pressures on him and, and he avoided it. Um, Eric Armstead should absolutely have two sacks. Um, I don't know if you watched that replay, Timmy, and were as fed up with the call as I was where his hand, sure, it grazed the face. Yeah, mask, that was you a, can see his hand is open. That was a ridiculous call. Yeah. I love I wrote down some notes as well in that play that I love that Kyle went to battle for those, for that play yeah. for his guys. Um, I love he, was, he was fired up about that as well. Um, Kyle gets fired up, man. Yeah. And you know, for the right cause there. So yeah, it was nice to see him fired up for something good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not just. Um, yeah. Let me know what you think about on here. Thoughts on our good friend, Josh Norman. And him jawing at Cliff Kingsbury. What was your take on that? Um, I mean, what's the number one thing we've praised Josh Norman for this season, right? Where like he's playing like a veteran, like he's being he's being smart out there, and you you can see that he's a veteran when he's on the field. That is not something a veteran NFL player does. Um, I don't know what Cliff said. I don't know what started it, but you don't do that. Like, there's no excuse for that. So, yeah, don't do it. Um, get that crap out of here. And I know Norman was benched by the end of the game. I don't know if it was because of that or because of some other stuff, but Shanahan said that uh, Norman's benching was not his decision, but that he did not disagree with it. Um, I'm assuming it was Ryan's then. Yeah, that was not good. That kind of stuff is not, is not acceptable on the, you just, you can't, you can't hurt your team like that. And that's not, and it's not like that's like in the heat of the play. Like you just made a big tackle. Like you're going back and forth with the guy on the field. Like that's a coach. Like, there's nothing that can like provoke that in like a heat of emotion. Like I'm sure he was in a heat of emotion, but I just, you can't do that. I did enjoy hearing like unsportsmanlike conduct on the Arizona head coach. Like you don't hear that very often. That was funny. Yeah. I was going to say, I love that he, he got a call for him too. And, and, and got under Cliff's skin for a second there, but you're right. That is not, 
That is not at all a smart veteran move. Um, at first, when you were praising his uh, how smart he's been recently and then led into that, I was like, oh, did you have a totally different take and think that that was awesome? Because I thought that that super hurt. No. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Um, part of me is like, yeah, you know, we're down and we need something, but that's not what we need. We need um, at the end of the game, you know, Benjamin got in, went on a run and absolutely destroyed Drake Kirk- Kirkpatrick. Um, that's the kind of play we would need on our side. Not let me go after the head coach and talk crap to him. Um, let me go truck a guy and get us fired up off of a play. Yeah, um, totally. So that was tough. Um, I really think we did. We just didn't look good um, in any aspects, honestly. Um, I don't think, I don't know if I even want to say Jimmy looked good. I just don't think he looked bad other than, throwing the ball way too high for these receivers. They were able to help him out some of the times. Um, no. I believe he only threw one pick, right? It was at the end of the game. Um, I thought – it. I just thought it was so nice to have George Kittle back. I thought yeah. he looked so good. It was awesome to see him finally get some plays where he was able to get some yak, some yards after catch, and yeah. he looked good. He was fighting there for every ball, and I love that we got him a touchdown in his return. We talked about this. Not only is Kittle like one of our best players and helps our offense produce, he's also the heart and soul of the team. Like it's great to have him out there. Like he was, yep. I, I got Kittle, Kittle did everything we could have asked him, asked of him and more. Like I love George Kittle, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I don't even know how much analysis I truly have in this game other than, you know, as we, we just said about George, it was awesome to see Ayuk get involved. I think he's making his way back in. Yeah. Um, Armstead seemed more involved because we moved him to the inside, which I really liked. I thought that was awesome. That's yeah. an awesome move, even with D4 going out. So um, I, I thought in the starting lineups to start the game, they had Armstead on the outside and they started Contavious Street and DJ Jones. Yeah. Um, and then eventually moved him inside because I know there was reports earlier in the week that Eric Armstead will be moved inside, which is really he's better on the inside. I think he's I much believe better on so the inside, as well. Yeah. Um, and with Kinlaw we out, we depth. need that. Yeah, I think we have more depth on the inside with DJ Jones, Contavious Street, and some of the, uh, Maurice Maurice Hurst, and some of these other guys, um, and less on the outside, especially now that D Ford is hurt. But yeah, you know, if Armstead's going to make more noise in the middle, let's put him in the middle. And um, I think that that is the right call, and that's what I want to see. Totally. That's what I got for. For the game, let me just talk about my boy Talanohufunga for one second before we look the next week. He was um, robbed of a touchdown. Yeah, dude. Uh, man, I wanted that so bad. I was jumping up and down. I was hyped for that. Yeah, I thought that was he, awesome. I thought he was awesome today. He busted his butt. He was in on the action. Um, he was involved. Whether whether or not he was around the play, he was working on getting involved, making tackles. He was the only guy running across the field to stay involved. Um I thought he was the best. He gave the best effort on defense. Um, I'll keep harping on Kittle and Ayuk on offense. And, dude, I did not know. And I love this. But did you hear before the game got going, uh, the, announcers, the announcers were saying, um, Talanoa Hufunga trains with Troy Palomalo in the <laughs> That's offseason. awesome. That's awesome. And then they were talking about how Hufunga is like a mini Troy Palomalo because he's got the hair. I think they yeah. got the same heritage. and. Um, that's, that's awesome, awesome, man. I I love that. I got me so Wasn't Paul Malu was USC too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's a great guy to train with, one of the best safeties in the in the history of the NFL. 
and one of them maybe most, let's I get mean, another one of the best safeties in the history of NFL, uh, John Lynch, down there working with them too, and we can just. I just, that guy I ready just to would go. love to see Paul Molly was maybe like the most explosive or biggest playmaker for a safety I've ever seen. Ed Reed comes to mind next. I'm yeah. sure there's some older guys that I don't know as well, but man, like Paul Molly's the biggest hitter. That's for sure. Oh, and and Ed Reed. I mean, they're neck and neck in my mind. But if I'm to think of the two greatest safeties in my, like they played before I watched, but like to any safeties I've ever watched, it'd be those two guys. I believe yeah. they're both on the all decade team for, for 2010. Oh, sure. So have you, that uh, makes sense. have you ever watched, there's a clip from the Pat McAfee show. Just go on YouTube, type in Pat McAfee, Troy Polamalu, Dream Crusher or Dream Killer or something like that. It's it's worth five minutes of your time. It's basically Pat McAfee telling the story of when he was going to score his first NFL touchdown and then Troy Polamalu stopped him. Uh, I've seen that play, but I, I, I want to hear that analysis. It's, it's very it's very funny. Um, Yeah, my final thoughts on this game. Like you want to say like this was just a bad game, like throw it out. Like next next game on the schedule, like just toss it out behind you. But with the way the season's going, we can't throw out this game because unfortunately, <laughs> we've looked like the way we've played this game in many games, and so we can't just be like, yeah, toss that one out, like on to the next one. Like I don't know, I can't toss that one behind me. This feels like this is going to be the, what the 49ers season is. Unfortunately, like maybe maybe we can scrape something together and, and slip into that seven seed for the wild card spot. But I'm not sure. I believe we could beat anyone like with the way the NFC looks like maybe we could get in. Cause it's just kind of, there's a few good teams. And then what's going on in that wild card race is kind of all up in the air, but I can't imagine us beating anyone in the playoffs. It seems more likely to me that we're not going to be in than, than we are. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe something dramatic happens, but, it, it seems hard to see this team fully like turning around at this point. There's no one like, like if it was going to happen, it was going to be Kittle coming back and providing a spark. There's no one else really who's coming off. IR that's going to, it's going to bring that same fire. No, they're all here. They just yeah. came off. I don't and know what, D4 I don't know what plays, would happen to change that. Deep board plays 25% of snaps. So, I mean, yeah. he really hasn't done much. We haven't given him enough time to, cause we wanted to stay healthy. So, I don't expect, you know, he's got two more games on IR at least. So we've got our guys. <clears throat> it's, you know, and I got some bad news. We're playing the Rams next week on yeah. Monday night. And uh, they are the hottest team in the NFL. And the Cardinals and the Ram- the Cardinals and the Packers are right there with them at eight and one. Well, I guess, yeah, Rams played tonight or did they play? They played last night. Is that correct? Rams played last night. They lost to the, night. to the Titans, which means the Rams are going to be coming out hot. Yeah, awesome. Um, regardless, I mean, that's going to be a tough game. Uh, in postgame, Kyle was obviously asked about who's going to be starting quarterback next week. And, you know, I think asking – I don't think it's ever right for some of these co- – for some of these uh, – gosh, what is the word? Some of these reporters, too. Thank you. To be uh, asking Kyle, I just hate some of the questions they ask him, man. I mean, they're all going, who's starting next week? And he's like, dude, I mean, wake up tomorrow and think about it. I don't blame the reporters for asking that. Like, the fans want to know. Like, I want to know. Like, I want to know if there's any chance Trey starts. Like, I don't blame the reporters for asking that. If I'm – I just love George Kittle's thing where, hey, we're going to focus on this for 24 hours and then, you know, next 24 hours, then it's next week. 
I think Kyle's answer is what, if I was him, I would give week in, week out. You know, if you're going to ask me minutes after the game's over, unless it's like Jimmy throws four picks and obviously he shouldn't start. Um, yeah. I'm not going to be answering that. And, you know, I, I get the fans want to know, but you know, I'm going to have some time to watch film to debrief the game. I'm not going to give that answer. So when Kyle was asked about who's starting, he said, they said, Hey, is, is Trey going to start? And he said, uh, probably not, but I'm definitely not thinking of those things right now. And that's, that's my point is like, I, if I'm him, I haven't even thought to next week yet. Yeah, you that's know, in true. The, in the back of my mind, I have, but not in terms of personnel, play, analysis, anything. It's like, yeah, I know we're playing the Rams. I know well, it's for, a tough game. Thanks for saying that because that gives me some hope that maybe Trey will start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, you can still have it. I think him saying, probably not, I haven't thought about it, is is not a no. So yeah, um, he said, I'm thinking about this game and the rest of our team which he should yeah. be. He should be focusing on, on this loss. And he added it after. I <clears throat> I thought Jimmy was all right. I thought that pick at the end, those last couple of plays were some bad plays right there on that last drive when the game was out of hand. But Jimmy yeah. was all right. You know, Jimmy, you don't necessarily want your coach going, yeah, Jimmy was all right. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's my interpretation too. Jimmy was all right, you know? Like, that's, that's how I would have put it. I don't think he was the reason we lost that game, but he also didn't, you know, he didn't win it for us. Um. I think the Rams, I bet we see Trey um, regardless of if he starts or not, mainly because Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, you know, they're friends. They, they pull out all the stops when, when they match up against each other. And I think playing Trey on some of those special like trick plays, whatever you want to call them is one of the stops that I could see being pulled out. So I'm, I'm expecting to see a little Trey. I'm expecting to see every, Every trick in Kyle Shanahan's book, if there's a trick play that he's planned for this season, this is the game we run it. Like these coaches and the 49ers have beat the Rams when the Rams are good and the 49ers are bad before. Kyle Shanahan, I, I really do think, uh, lives a little bit rent-free in Sean McVay's head. So I, I do think there's a chance we win just because we've done it before when we're bad and they're good. I just think I think if there's if there's a trick play Kyle Shannon has dreamed up, it's going to be run this game. Something weird is going to happen because weird things happen when these teams play. The Rams are better. They should win. They should win easily. They probably will. But there's this part of me that's just like there's something that happens to Kyle Shanahan when he goes up against Sean McVay. And maybe that getting that that in Shanny's head, that little fire that always comes out might just be the one thing that could that could get this team back on track do i think that's going to happen no but there's this the hopeful optimist part of me thinks it could yeah i mean playing another good offensive mind cliff kingsbury and then going right to sean mcveigh like that sucks that is tough um that is probably kyle's biggest challenge is going against those yeah. guys okay um, i don't and demeco ryan's challenge as well trying to pick a defense for those offenses yeah i don't think uh cliff kingsbury is in the same stratosphere of offensive mind as Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. I think he is a vastly overrated, overrated offensive mind. His scheme is not, is, is really nothing that innovative. He's kind of failed to bring like the air raid people thought he would bring. I don't think he's a bad coach or any of that, but I don't think like the like guy would say Matt LaFleur is maybe in that tier. I would put, I would, I, there's a lot of names I would say with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay before I'd get to Cliff Kingsbury. I think he, I think he's a little overrated. I would agree that Matt LaFleur is the number three guy that the uh, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan are kind of the three top offensive yeah. minds. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think Cliff is, is a good coach. Um, I didn't at first, but he's certainly proven me wrong and not just this season, not just cause they're doing hot. Um, 
So, yeah, we have the Rams next week, and that is going to be a very tough game. You know, I don't I don't have a – hey, these are the things that are going to push us over. I don't I don't really know, and I'm tired of saying the same three keys to success every single week. Of, you know, we're still not converting on third yeah. downs. If you want to have a – if you want to get a touchdown without having a booming run by Elijah Mitchell or an yeah. incredible – yards after catch deep throw at Debo Samuel maybe convert some third downs maybe convert on some third downs and get close and get some points um same thing uh get turnovers and use them I don't know if players listen to this I said get turnovers not give and we certainly did not use them we did not get any we almost had a fumble recovery um Fred Warner was on it and then it just slipped out somehow and James Conner got it back so yeah this we gotta protect that football we cannot get, we cannot convert on third down where we apparently we can't hold on to the ball and we certainly can't knock it out and get it ourselves. Apparently. Um, and the offense needs to play hard was the the third key to success I had last week. Yeah. Didn't really see it. One it of my more, keys, my main keys to success is be competent this week. Let's try that. Sure. Let's not suck. <laughs> I will say uh, after the Rams in week 11, we are playing the Jaguars. Now, do not be fooled. They did just beat the Bills this week, but don't yeah, be fooled that, that they're a hot team. Yeah, well, I'm I'm saying don't be fooled that they're <laughs> actually a good team. Yeah. Uh, week 12, after that, we have the Vikings. And then 13, I'm sure – well, Russell Wilson is back already, I believe. I think Russell will be back this week, yeah. Yeah, so week 13 against the Seahawks, so that should be a tough one. 14 against the Bengals. Don't know – how the Bengals are, you know, they had a hot start. They were awesome. And now they're struggling week 15 against the Falcons. And I'm going to stop there because 16 is the Titans. So yeah, the Titans are good now. You know, we had a really easy start to the season and we barely beat the Lions and the Eagles. And we have not won very easily at all yet this season. So I think, and then now we've hit the hard part of the schedule with two Cardinals games uh, preseason, we didn't think that was going to be that tough, as tough it is now comparatively. Um, now we have the Rams, but afterwards we have some easier teams. So I'm not necessarily saying, hey, there's still hope. Sure, there is. We'd have to flip four switches and play out of our mind, I believe, to, to be in contention. But I'm not even – that's not what I want to see. I just want to see this these guys, this team, this staff turn it around. I just want to see us finish strong. Um you know, we don't have a first round draft pick. I'm not trying to find a, a, a way for us to get a top pick in that order. I just want to see us. I think this will say a lot about our team is if they're able to snap out of this, whatever the heck you want to call this um, and see some of these guys really prevail um, and push through. And we, we're playing some easier teams. So I'd love to see some of these guys really push through and turn this around. Yeah, I I mean, it could happen. I, I think we're a talented team. I think we've got a good coaching staff. Like, I, I won't rule it out, but, like, I'm also not betting on it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still, like, excited for this Rams game. Like, the 49ers-Rams games are usually fun. Like, so I'm, I'm excited to watch it. But, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm, uh, like, bustling with hope either. Um, Top but yeah. two receivers, Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel's fun. That's, yeah. You know, I think it's I time to probably start looking more towards next season. But – I mean, you know, we're still, we're even, we're not even halfway through this one. So. Well, Nick, Nick Bosa said it in his press conference that we have the guys. They're just not playing to what, where we need them to. We have like, this is not, 
Um, you know, he didn't say too, too much on it, but what he says about we have the guys, they're just not playing to their level. It's not, we don't really need to look elsewhere for, okay, who can we fill in here? It's no, how do we get these guys to step up? Yeah. Uh, and you know, in house to me. And, you know, when teams do make, like, miraculous, like, after poor starts to the season coming back, it's usually those kind of teams that are, like, shooting themselves in the foot and then are able to just kind of pull it together. So maybe we come up with some sort of run. And, I I mean, I've said it again, and I'll say it, I've said it before, and I'll say it many times again. The, the seven seed for the NFC playoffs is very, very achievable. Like, we could do that. So it's, it is far from impossible to pull something like that off. Yeah. Listeners, watch this week for any news. Um, Kyle said that Trey's not likely to start, but who knows how how much that truly means. Um, we've got health healthy guys back with George Kittle and Robbie Gould, and, and maybe another week of practice gets Jeff Wilson in. Um, our defense is hurt. We'll see if Jimmy Ward makes it back this game or if, or if he needs to sit another one out. Um, yeah, watch the news and, and see how we prepare for this Rams game on Monday. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. Um, still keep on hoping. Like, I don't know. It's it's no fun to lose hope. Like, let's let's stay excited. Let's watch the Niners. Let's cheer for our guys. And let's, at the very least, watch one of the best offenses in the NFL and the Rams. That might be fun. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Daniel, any parting thoughts to the listeners? I just remember the first time we played the Cardinals, man. We, we shut them down, um, and that was not that many weeks ago. And we certainly did not this week, but I'm, I'm curious to see how we approach this game. And the thing I'm really looking for is how different are we going to look next Monday than we did yesterday? How different yeah. is this defense going to look? How different is this offense going to look? And, you know, my, my thought is, you know, I don't even care. I mean, obviously I care about the outcome, but I'm more looking for who's going to step up. I want to see who's sure. going to shine, who's going to go. I'm sick of this and I'm going to go make a difference myself if I have to. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see that, and I'm hoping that we see the entire team make that decision and step up and make some big plays. So I'm yeah. expecting. We got some good stuff to watch. Yeah. All right, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, stay safe out there. Cheer on those Niners on Monday night, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Have a good one, listeners.